Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, my beloved brethren and sistren, to the Tawahedo Bible Study Podcast. As always, whether you find this on YouTube, on Transistor, on Anchor, on Google, Spotify, or Apple, or anywhere else, subscribe, share the link to where you found it, and share the very words of God that you are hearing. Support at aksum.substack.com, that's A-K-S-U-M dot substack.com, or at patreon.com slash tawahado, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash T-E-W-A-H-I-D-O. Today, November 30th, 2020, in the year of our Lord, or if you like, Hadar Hayaand, or Hadar 21st, is the yearly celebration of the Mount Zion holiday. Mount Zion, in the interpretation of the church, has three main characters. The first character is the hill in the wilderness that is worshipped upon by David. Later, you have a New Testament understanding of Mary, uh, as this is being a foreshadowing of Mary, being that we got closer to God through the birth of Jesus that happened through her and her womb. The final representation of Zion or Mount Zion is of the heavenly city. So both Jerusalem and Zion are given as examples, but Zion is the example par excellence because Jerusalem is the fortified walled city and Zion is in the desert, in the wilderness. Both of which, though, are analogies of heaven where no human hands have any craftsmanship, any work to speak of, but only God's perfect city, which we are continuing to study in Revelation, a.k.a. the Apocalypse, a.k.a. the Uncovering. We're in chapter 7 this week. Here are verses 1 to 3. And to spice things up, I'm using the Lexham English Bible. I like them as a company. They have a lot of tools I've used in the past in my biblical studies, both personal and professional or vocational verses one to three after this i saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth holding back the four winds of the earth so that no wind could blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree and i saw another angel ascending from the east holding the seal of the living god and he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels who were given permission to damage the earth and the sea, saying, Do not damage the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the slaves of our God on their foreheads. This is a very iconic passage amongst many in the book of Revelation or the scroll of Revelation or the scroll of Apocalypse. It is often quoted in hip-hop, especially particularly growing up. I heard it quoted in Immortal Technique songs. You have four Gospels. You have four living beasts. You have four directions. You have the idea of totality, of completeness, of wholeness, of shalom, of perfection. You have the living God who is totally distinct from the dead gods, which are the idols, which are the statues, 
And though those statues may have ears, they cannot hear you. And though the living God has no ears that you can see, he hears you. And who was he hearing here? We'll see in verses 4 to 8. And I heard the number of the ones who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel, from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 sealed, from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000, from the tribe of Gad, 12,000, from the tribe of Asher, 12,000, from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000, from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000, from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000, from the tribe of Levi, 12,000, from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000, from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000, from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000, and from the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. That's a lot of sealing. 144,000, a lot of different interpretations here. Let's keep things simple. These are sealed slaves, and this number is not to be taken as a literal number. Take 12, multiply it by 12, multiply it by 1,000. We've seen that in numerology, 12 has significance. We covered it with the 24 presbyters, but again, briefly, 24 hours in a day cut up in 12, 12 segments. You have 12 apostles. You have 12 tribes of Israel that were just named very explicitly, very repetitively, very emphatically here in classic Semitic fashion. And you have multiples of 10, which just mean a ton, a bajillion, uh, 10, hundred, thousand, ten thousand, ten thousands of ten thousands, the higher the number, the more the hyperbole, the more the exaggeration to just signify that something is innumerable. And later in verses 9 to 12, we will see what that innumerability is about. This is an invitation in general to go reread the scroll of the five books primarily Genesis, which will tell you about the 12 tribes who are the sons of Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. Verses 9 to 10. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great crowd that no one was able to number, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, dressed in white robes and with palm branches in their hands, and they were crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne, and the elder creatures, and they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. You have again the messengers, the angels, and human beings, the perfect union of heaven and earth as it was meant to be from the beginning, from the creation and the crafting of the heavens of the earth, not by human hands, but by the hand of God alone. You have diversity in unity. Whether you're in the Oriental Orthodox Communion, the Eastern Orthodox Communion, the Roman Catholic Communion, or in some loose affiliation of Protestant ecumenism, look around. See 
what makes you diverse, but more importantly, see what makes you the same. See what you agree on and how you should be worshiping the same God. Verses 13 to the end. In fact, for this one, let me say my notes up front, and then I'll end on the word of God. Those who are coming out of the great tribulation are those who endure till the end. They are the witnesses, those who give testimony, the martyrs, the Christians par excellence, the greatest example of a Christian life well-lived. The biblical world, the scriptural story, is highly stratified. It is hierarchical. There is rank. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. But you should set your aim high, and you should hope for martyrdom out of love. There is no greater love than laying down your life out of love. So keep that in mind when you try to live your life and know that there are gradations of giving your life to Christ. But it begins first with the studying of Scripture. 13 to the end. And one of the elders answered, saying to me, These who are dressed in the white robes, who are they? And from where have they come? And I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Because of this, they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will not be hungry any longer or be thirsty any longer, nor will the sun ever beat down because the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and will lead them to springs of living waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Thank you. 